with. This is basically how I start every oh, episode. Right, right, right. So, uh, Jerry, do you know what today's topic is? Uh, I won't lie, I do know what today's topic is. So, like, you know it's a haunted location. Yes. Well, I know exactly where it is, but I don't know that many details. Oh, well, that's interesting. I want to start this episode by telling everyone my own experience with the paranormal. Okay, you're... So, I... (laughs) You know, I bet this is a real story and not some bullshit joke that you found. Sorry. I once stayed in a house that played 70s music. At first I was afraid. Oh god. Then I was petrified. (laughs) I have to edit this out, you know. (laughs) No, leave it in. I have to edit so many laughs. I don't think people realize how much more you laugh during an episode. <laughs> people think like, oh, yeah, you laugh a lot. No, you laugh a lot more <laughs> than what's in the episode. I have to cut out so much so it's not just one solid minute of your laughter. No, because we're going to make it into a solid episode. Yeah. People have requested a super cut, okay? That'll be our review of Ghost Adventures is just 15 <laughs> minutes of your laughter. Oh, I love that. Anyway... Welcome to Hardly Paranormal. I'm Lacey. I'm Jerry. And this week, we're going to be covering... You're not even reading anything. (laughs) I know! This week, we're going to be covering the Borley Rectory. This is a good one. It is a good one. This is a good one. This is, um, from what I know about it, it is considered one of the most haunted places, like, ever. Yeah, there's a lot of spooky happenings. Um, a lot of it's bananas. Okay. I mean, it's the most haunted ever. I would expect that whatever activity is reported there is just off the walls, batshit crazy. You know what? We've covered a couple spookier locations, but this one still has some good stuff. Okay. Built in 1863 for the Reverend Henry Bull, there's been sightings of ghosts on the site as early as 1819. A shadowy nun has been seen gliding across the grounds from where the rectory was built. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, fucking spooky. From the time the family moved in, there were reports of rushing water and bells ringing after the wires were out. There were sounds of rappings, crashings, and heavy footsteps in empty areas of the building. Most of the activity came from Bull's youngest daughter, Ethel. So, again, we have a young girl and all the activities on her. Maybe she's just like a a conduit, like all young girls. This is very, uh, yeah, this is pretty much a pattern with all these hauntings where there's a young teenage person, a lot of times it's a girl, yeah, and there's some kind of activity in the house, and I mean, I don't want to stereotype, but normally it's bullshit. Having been a teenage girl, yeah, we're always on the lookout for, like, weird attention. (laughs) And having grown up with a lot of sisters, yes. Yeah. So her door was a target of unseen hands, her face was slapped by an invisible hand as she laid in bed, and her nursemaid fled from her new job after just two weeks of being plagued by footsteps outside of her room at midnight. Wait, what was the first part? What was hit by invisible hands? Her door? Yeah. What is she, like, like someone was playing Ding Dong Ditch, where, like, they'd knock on her door and there'd be no one there? Oh my god, I hope so. Because otherwise, that's not haunting, that's just someone's pranking you. (laughs) You get pranked, yo. She was slapped in the face in bed. In sl- While she was in bed. 
Yeah. Like, I think she was sleeping and she just, like, you know, moved in her sleep and slapped herself. I have been slapped in my sleep by you. <laughs> well, straighten up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a kind of a flailer when I sleep. <laughs> Kicker flailer. But this sounds like she just slapped herself. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not paranormal. That's you got you know you, you disturbed sleep. Yeah, exactly. The Bull family refused to be scared away from the rectory after Henry's death in 1892. His son Henry took over his duties. <laughs> duties. <laughs> duties. <laughs> I didn't know that you could do that. Like I thought rectors required some kind of special training, but apparently it's just like uh, well maybe his son was like a member of the clergy or something. Maybe. Because I don't know like exactly what a rector does, but I know that they operate in sort of a administrative capacity at a church. See, I have no idea what- I didn't even know what a rectory was. <laughs> I I thought this was a story about a castle for like a week. Yeah. And then Jerry had to tell me it's not a castle. <laughs> because through a week of recording, you not once looked up a picture of the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Eddie Izzard joke. He said there's castles all over England. I just assumed. I love that you're, you're not sure what a rectory is. You're like, well, it's England. It's probably a castle. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so stupid. Worldly as fuck. <laughs> One time my house is haunted by Leonardo da Vinci. I almost had an art attack. <laughs> I've never seen you look so disappointed. <laughs> so, one day Henry saw a pair of legs in the orchard behind the trees. But when they moved from behind the foliage, the body belonged to a headless body. Well, shit. <laughs> That's pretty dramatic. It is pretty dramatic. So was it like someone was murdered on the property? Well, he also saw a ghostly carriage drawn by two horses and driven by a headless coachman on several occasions. Oh. Several occasions. Okay, okay. So that's a doulahan, right? That's that's like, it's from Irish folklore. It's a doulahan. Yeah, I, I mean, he could have rode his coach from Ireland to England. I don't know what like a ghost's jurisdiction is, but <laughs> so that's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a real... I mean, I would be terrified if I saw, like, a like a spectral coach, you know, being led by a horse, a headless horse coach guy. Yeah. Horse coach guy? That's not right. <laughs> Coachman, right? Is that what it's called? The guy that drives the coach. <laughs> <laughs> if he has no head, I will be terrified. But that is still a really cool story. Did I wonder he... if the horses have heads. Uh, in some stories, they do not. Oh. Yeah. Uh, real quick, because we kind of glossed over it. So did he find a decapitated body on his property or not? No, it was like like a oh, ghost body. Oh, it was a ghost. Yeah. I thought it was like someone laying behind some bushes. Oh, I mean... And I was like, holy shit, he found a decapitated body? And you're like, he also saw a ghost. I'm like, hold up, there was a murder. <laughs> what are you doing? There is one interesting caveat to the whole thing. What's that? When the coach was seen, it was silent. When it was heard, it was invisible. What? Yeah, so now, if you see it, you can't hear it, and if you hear it, you can't see it. I think that if you hear the sound of a coach and horses, it's probably a coach and horses. It's probably just the wind. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's that Occam's razor thing, is if you hear hoofbeats, you think horses, not unicorns. I think if you hear a carriage, you think a carriage, not the Doolahan. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems really, really silly. I don't understand. Okay, I'm going to dismiss any claim of them seeing a doulahan on the property. Because one, they're not in Ireland. Two, if you see it, you can't hear it. And if you hear it, you can't see it. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going the Shaun of the Dead route. You're like, no, that's ridiculous. We're not going <laughs> to acknowledge that. In 1900, Ethel, um, you know, the 
the young girl, yep. and her sister Frida arrived home from a party when they saw a ghost nun gliding from the trees. They ran <laughs> to get their other sister who bravely went to talk to the nun. As she reached for her, the figure dissolved. They're drunk, right? Yeah, they just came back from a party. They're, they're yeah. wasted. Uh, I don't know how wasted you got back then, especially the daughters of a, a you know a rector. I don't really know what the partying was like, but... I feel like they party more. Also, they saw a, a nun flying from a tree, like gliding from a tree. Yeah. What? And then they're like, well, one of them was like, I'm going to go talk to her. And then she faded away. It's like, well, that's not talking to her. That's trying to grab her. You sound like a drunk person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have been drunk quite a few times. I feel like that could have happened to me. Yeah. I could have imagined that. Yeah. Also, like, they're young girls. And as we've seen with many of these stories, uh, a lot of times they're bullshitters. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're right. They came back from a party drunk. They claim that they, they probably saw some laundry or something flying out of a tree. And then they were like, it's a nun! Like, that makes sense. <laughs> also, a traveling handyman, Fred Cartwright, saw the nun four times, assuming he was seeing a real woman until the fourth appearance when she disappeared as he watched her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let that let that run through your noggin. That one, yeah, had to marinate for a second. It yeah. was like, so he probably just saw a nun. Like, it's a rectory. It's not unusual to see a nun around there. I mean, like, I would be thinking, okay, hey, I don't think that nun that we saw was really a nun. If we were, like, in the Himalayas, or if we were, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. somewhere where nuns would not frequent. But if I'm going to be seeing a nun at a rectory, yeah. And I like how even he was like, oh, I assumed it was just a regular person until I saw her disappear. And he goes, well, how do you know that it was the same nun every time? Yeah. And why wasn't it you saw a nun regular like three times and then the fourth time you saw something different? And what does he mean disappear in front of her eyes? Disappear like she faded away? Or disappear like a bus went by and then she was gone? <laughs> what is she talking you know, about? What's he mean by this? Do you think that like the house was made of like wood? Don't start. Don't, don't do this. <laughs> or was it made of like bamboo? <laughs> Well, according to you, stone, because it was a castle. <laughs> okay. All right. I can't even dispute that. I'm sorry. The second Reverend Bull died in 1927, and his replacement was Reverend Guy Smith and his wife Mabel. Guy Smith is for sure a made-up name. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a, like a uh, what is it, um, made-up name. I can't remember the word <laughs> Thank for Thank you, it. Jerry. So, this banana's encounter. She was looking through old cupboards, and she found a skull wrapped in a brown package. I know you probably said this before. When did this all take place? 1927. Okay. So this guy took over around when? 1927. Oh, I thought like it started in 1927. Oh, no. It all started in 1863. Oh, wow. Okay. So the rectory was pretty old by this point. Oh, yeah. I know that, that sounds kind of ridiculous to any of our UK listeners. Because, I mean, that's that's really not that long. It's, you know, 60, 70 years. Yeah. Uh, but there's that old saying that Europeans think 100 miles is a long way and Americans think 100 years is a long time. Yeah, legit. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. So if we sound stupid by going, wow, a long time. Yeah, that's kind of a long time here. And we're also stupid. No, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so when she found that, I guess she lost her mind and her husband buried it in one of the churchyards. What? They didn't, like, contact police? No, what if the Bull family were murderers? Yeah, yeah, like, holy shit. I, I'm really surprised at that. Like, I think if, uh, if I found a, a skull in a brown paper bag anywhere, yeah. I'm gonna call the cops first things first. Like, Wait, it was in the cupboard. Bull family were cannibals. Oh my god. 
Crack the case. I cracked the case. Now, we are cracking cases left and right, it seems For like. For sure. So, I like that they just buried it in the yard, like, uh, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, and then, um... For months, they said that poltergeists were coming after them, and they also saw the headless coachman, and they heard the ghost bells. Ghost bells? The bells that went off by themselves. I assume they're ghost bells. Oh, okay. Like hell's bells. I. <laughs> so they were like, oh yeah, there's a poltergeist, because that person's death went unavenged. We basically hid the murder. <laughs> they didn't get a proper burial or anything. Like, They're gonna come as the Japanese ghost now. Yeah. Or in Family Guy, when they take the uh, Indian skull from the... <laughs> and they bring it home, and then they get poltergeist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wild to me. That they freely admit, like, oh yeah, we got poltergeist. Probably because we just buried that... The You know, we found a bag of human remains. We just buried it in the yard. We didn't, you know, investigate or anything. Yeah. Now we got poltergeist. It's crazy. Like Because I, of the Bull family cannibals. I want to know why... So Okay, so I recall that the Borley Rectory, people thought it was haunted when it was first built. Yeah. And I don't remember why that was. I don't either. I couldn't... I mean, maybe I did shitty research. But I couldn't really find before the Bull family's witnesses. Yeah. Experiences. Like their, their experiences. Yeah. Because it sounds to me like it's just whatever sounds spooky is yeah. happening here. There's gliding nuns. There's the headless coachman. You think it's there's... like in Death Becomes Her? The gliding nuns? In Death Becomes Her, when Bruce Willis goes to um, see Meryl Streep. Oh. <laughs> oh, but that's a, isn't that a, that's a dream, wasn't it? No. What am I talking about? Oh, I have a I tattoo of this movie and you can't be bothered to remember uh, facts about my it. My brain was mixing up that scene with the funeral scene from Scrooged. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, man. Wow. It's been a really long day for me. <laughs> what has it? You didn't even work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just I mean, because I don't think I've ever heard, of, outside of like folklore, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of a haunting where there was like a, a headless coachman. Yeah. That's really wild. They probably like, should just call Johnny Depp. <laughs> what? Oh, Sleepy Hall. Okay. All right. All right. I feel like you ruined my jokes and puns and references on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, back to my spooky story. I think part of the problem is if I don't get the joke right away, that ruins it. <laughs> like, you know, like if it's not funny, it ruins it. <gasps> if you think I'm funny... Please email me at harleyparanormal at gmail.com. Anywho, so this family was really concerned about it, and their first instinct was to contact the Daily Mail. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, even I know the Daily Mail is like a rag. Like, there's <laughs> no reason. So journalist VC Wall waited with a photographer in the woods behind the Borley Rectory. They didn't see the ghostly nun or the spectral coach, but they did spy a light in the rectory. When someone went in to investigate, no light was visible, yet outside the wall, the photographer could still see it. There's so many, like, you can't see stuff, and then you can, and then you can't hear it kind of thing going on. Yeah, it sounds a lot like there's a bunch of made-up shit going on at this <laughs> rectory. I mean, that's a cool story to say, yeah. like, oh, we saw a light, but then when we went in there, we couldn't find the light. The photographer said he could still see it, and it's like, but could they see it when they went back out? Because the photographer could have been lying. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. Did he take a picture? Like You would think he did. I mean, yes. that's pretty uh, open and shut in my book. Like, yeah. That's kind of crazy that they, they get the Daily Mail out there. Because, I mean, who needs to call the police when you find, you know, human remains? But they get the Daily Mail out there, and they have no experiences 
that are that have already been reported. They're like, yeah. we're not seeing the same thing as everyone else. Because mm-hmm. that would be pretty interesting to me. If you were to get someone, like a third party, to go out there who doesn't know about the activity. Yeah. And then they report seeing those very specific, you know, uh, things. Like the the headless coachman and the nun. Like, those are so specific to this haunting. Yeah, and so many people have seen them. And multiple times. But people have seen them who have heard about it. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Like, it would have been interesting if the Daily Mail came out and they weren't told what people were seeing. Yeah. And then they saw it again. Because then that would be like, okay, what are they really seeing? But here they see nothing, which I think would prove that there's nothing going on. But then they see a light on in a very large house. Like, yeah. The that castle. Not at all the castle. That's not at all evidence of the paranormal. Yeah. That's literally like, we see a light on, they go, yeah, we, there's no light on. Well, maybe you're in the wrong room. Like, <laughs> I love that explanation. Like, they just went to the wrong area of the house. Yeah, they're like, oh, there's no light. Don't know what to tell you. Do you know what you should wear to a very scary haunted house? Depends. No, seriously, depends. Please <laughs> drain me. Like the adult diaper. Is that an adult diaper? Thank you for that. <laughs> I just wanted to explain my uh, joke before you did. (laughs) (laughs) So on June 11th, 1929, Harry Price read Wall's first two reports on Borley, and within hours, the most famous era of the Rectory's haunted history had begun. Yeah, Harry Price is very famous in the paranormal investigation world. Uh, he was He's definitely not the first paranormal investigator, but he's one of the first. And he was basically like a shitty investigator. <laughs> uh, he was definitely like the Ed Lorraine Warren of his time. He made a lot of assumptions he jumped to conclusions uh he did a poor job of documenting his investigations and when it was put up against his contemporaries it couldn't hold uh any kind of water at all so he's the zach baggins of his time not really because harry price in the beginning was not trying to profit off of what he was doing he was i mean once he found out that you basically could get famous doing this then he started to, his claims of what he had investigated started to get more dramatic and more... Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, he, But, like, he didn't have a museum or anything like Baggins does. He really was someone who was profiting off of the the, the press that mm-hmm. came with these investigations. And he did, I believe, write a couple books. But he would make these claims that could never be substantiated or that could very easily be dismissed or disproven by his contemporaries, other other people working in the field. Yeah. I have a great idea for Halloween costumes. Okay. <laughs> Let's be obscure paranormal investigators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, let's find a picture of Harry Price. Yeah. And I'll find some psychic medium from like the 30s or something. <gasps> yeah. I'll be Sarah Winchester. That's a good one. Ooh, if anyone has any other ideas, I'm or, so down. Oh, what was the name of that lady? Uh, I think she was I think she was Scottish. The spectral stuff with the ectoplasm? Yes. 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 Okay. I'll keep like cheesecloth with me at all times. <laughs> we'll take ghost photos of you. <gasps> oh my god, yes. Okay. That's I'm excited to do that. I want to do a ghost photography episode because it's so goofy. How are we gonna do that? Podcasts are not visual. We'll figure it out. We'll start a YouTube channel. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay, perfect. Wall and Price kept watch the next night, and Wall was convinced that he saw the nun moving towards the stream in the garden. Soon after dark, a red glass candlestick flew past their heads and shattered against an iron stove. 
Pebbles and Slate bounced down the stairs, serpent spells rang on their own, and keys shot simultaneously from different doors. Why are there so many keys and doors? Uh, well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I know that um, in some large, older houses that use skeleton keys. Like, uh, when I was a kid, there was a friend of my parents that had a really old colonial-era house. Mm -hmm. And there were actually several doors in the house that opened with a skeleton key. I had that too growing up, but we had one. Well, this one, they had multiple keys that opened... The do they basically, they would, like, leave... The door would lock, mm -hmm. so they would have to get the key to open it. So they just left the key in the door to keep it open. Oh. So, I mean, I've seen that kind of thing before. It's a little weird that all the keys flew out at the same time. Like, why? Like, what What does that have... Does that mean there's many ghosts? Just, like, unlocking doors and pulling them out, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's so silly. <laughs> All the ghosts are all together. They all are holding onto the key. And they're just like, okay, one, two. Do you think there's one slow one? <laughs> <laughs> they all synchronize their watches. And they're like, at midnight, we're all going to pull the key out and throw it on the floor. It's like, they miss one. It's like, damn it, Gary. What a huge waste of the afterlife. Yeah. Just pranking the living. I mean, we would do that. I would, but I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with wasting my afterlife. I'm just saying for normal people <laughs> in the 1930s. Yeah. That seems like a huge waste of their time. Yeah, we're going to take all the keys out of the door, throw them on the floor. Uh, I'm going to throw a candlestick at that guy. Uh, <laughs> I threw some pebbles on the stairs. Like, this sounds like they have just, like, a toddler running around the house causing problems. Oh my god, it does it's a seem like that. ghostly toddler. Oh no, I don't like that. Well, maybe it's like Casper, where he wasn't, not the Casper from the movie, but the Casper from the cartoon, who was never alive. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's better. So, when they ran upstairs, they found no one. The only person who lived there was Reverend Guy. I'm sorry, that's really funny. That summer, the Smiths moved out, and October 30th, Reverend Lionel, F I think it's Foister, but if I mispronounce that, deal with it. Um, he took over only at the request of surviving members of the Bull family, who he was related to, who were cannibals. So he had a wife, Marianne, and it mentioned specifically that she was many years his junior. I don't know why that's pertinent information, but it's information nonetheless. That's really shady on the part of the historian. <laughs> yeah. Like, he had a wife. She was a lot younger than him. <laughs> anyway. But they didn't say how much younger. So I just, <laughs> if they felt the need to throw that in, I feel the need to throw that in. So they had adopted daughter, three-year-old Adelaide. Like Ethel Bull, Adelaide seemed to be the focus of the ghost shenanigans. Oh, did your source say shenanigans? No, that was an editor's note. Oh. <laughs> By me. I mean, I I know that there's obviously very limited evidence here. I, I mean, in that all of the evidence for the Borley Rectory is basically anecdotal, mm -hmm. which is not good evidence. But if you have a place like this that ha it is famous for being haunted in that community, mm -hmm. you go to live there, you have a little girl there, Yeah, she knows it's supposed to be haunted, like... Also, um, Marianne was really affected by the ghost there. So when they say many years his junior, maybe she's a teenager. Yeah, because, I can believe that. She was like, you know, 17 or something. Yeah, because stuff that happens to her seems like something that a 17-year-old might say. I'm not saying precisely 17, but this girl's definitely a teenager. Many years his junior. And I hate to stereotype, but this it, time and time again, we see this where there's a young person at the location. Yeah. And some shit is going on around them there was no youtube there was no roblox there was nothing <laughs> to occupy their time so yeah if you're at a very big old rectory that's famous for being haunted yeah i'm gonna pretend i'm seeing some ghosts oh for sure get some attention get yeah some, you know spend your summer so the activity hit an all-time high in levels of violence 
Household items vanished, while others they didn't own appeared from nowhere. How is that violence? And what are they getting? It doesn't say what appeared. Do they mean like money disappeared and then things from the shop showed up? Because that's oh called my commerce. <laughs> yeah. They weren't specific, but I feel like that's it. Like sometimes like when I'm missing money and there's a bunch of TJ Maxx bags around the house. Like obviously haunted. Hey, did you see that 20 that was on my desk? It's gone missing. But there's a package from Amazon on the <laughs> counter. Yeah. Haunted. Oh, we've been haunted for months. The whole quarantine just packages all the time. Yeah, there's some paranormal activity going on <laughs> in this house. I want to know what they mean, though, when they say things going missing and then things appearing that they did not previously own. Yeah. Because th that can mean anything. Yeah. That could be, like, a certain wooden spoon that you didn't have or, like, a Volkswagen. Like, yeah. What appeared... Objects were frequently thrown at or past the couple, and once Marianne was struck so badly by an invisible force that she was left with a cut and a black eye. She was thrown out of bed several times, and strange writings began to appear on the walls. Ooh. It didn't say specifically what it said, though. Like, what the writing said. Well, then what the hell's the point of that? That's not evidence. Is what? it weird, like, maybe someone went too crazy with the puns, they see? Or, like... Was it, like, Japanese? Like, what... <laughs> What do they mean? Yeah, like, strange writings. Like, what does that mean, though? Like, was it, like, no beer and no TV make home or something something? Because <laughs> I would love that. Just, like, when you do, when you leave out a major detail like that, that's not a story. Like, especially, I understand that they probably weren't telling this to be a narrative, but if I'm telling someone about a weird thing that happened, and I won't be specific about a specific detail, yeah, that's irritating to whoever's listening to you. So even if this is just an anecdote... We go, yeah, I was pulling out of bed. There's strange writings on the wall. Like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, moving on. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe Sketchy. it was stuff from the Bible. Maybe. I don't know. I like my idea better. Yours is funnier and yeah. helps us move forward with this <laughs> with the story. Yeah. I'm really feeling fine. I've actually seen that one. <laughs> oh, good. Marianne claimed that she saw the ghost of Henry Bull, the first who allegedly warned his family that if discontented in the afterlife, he would return as a poltergeist. What an asshole. Yeah. Like, hey, if I'm not happy after I die, I'll haunt you. And it was like, um, maybe deal with some skulls that uh, <laughs> left in the cabinet first there, dickhead. I mean, I don't mean to curse so much, but like, that's so rude. Like, well, if I'm discontented after I die, I'm going to be a poltergeist. It's like, one, why do you think that you have that choice? Yeah. Like, you get there and they're like, uh, so here's your life. Um, does everything look good? And you go, you go through the form and you go... Yeah, everything looks fine. Like, okay, pass on to the uh, afterlife. Or you go, um, actually, uh, I was really hoping I could go back as a poltergeist. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we well, have to take this form, get in line C. <laughs> and you go over and deal with it. That I, Who says that to their family? Fucking Emotep? Like, what kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> well, now I'm for sure going to. It's not just like, oh, I'll haunt you or I won't rest in the grave. I'm coming back specifically as a ghost that can throw shit. <laughs> Wait, so... In order to become a poltergeist, do you have to say before you die that I want to be a poltergeist? I don't have any idea how that's supposed to work, honestly. Me either. If you're a poltergeist, please email us. Does <laughs> anybody knows any poltergeists? I mean, they're poltergeists. They can move things. So they can type oh, us an email and yeah. send us, how does it work? How did you get to where you are? You're going to have like a Word document pop up on your computer. <laughs> oh my god. I would interview a poltergeist. Oh, for sure. Like, what's the worst part about being a poltergeist? <laughs> Is it because you're stuck on that train and Patrick Swayze won't listen to your advice? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So, in, in mentions, I, I love the way they phrase this. Marianne was not the most reliable witness in Borley's history. It is telling that the dressing gown she saw Bull wearing was recognized by the older Borley locals who heard her description. Question! Why was she not the most reliable witness? Was it because she was 10 and was a young she that bride? Young? No. Oh, oh. I'm I just, was like, holy crap, what? <laughs> I'm just changing her age every time we talk about her. <laughs> That's really. Okay, so the fact that a lot of the activity centered on her. And most people did not see her as a reliable source. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's it right there. Like, she lied. She yeah. made a lot of stuff up. The place has a history. She's knows the history. She's making stuff up. This is why I'm so against child brides. Because all the <laughs> Oh ever, my god. They just make things up. <laughs> oh, we're gonna piss some people off this episode. We don't actually know if she's a child bride. We don't know anything about she her. She could be in her 30s and he could be in his 70s. Like, we have no idea. I mean, yeah. I mean, they like said us? several. He could be five years. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are definitely not in your 70s. I don't know why you would say <gasps> oh that. Oh my god. That's so rude. So here's some happenings that happened. Words. Well done. Thank you. So in 1931, a glass tumbler dropped out of thin air and crashed on the floor. Out of thin air. Not from, like, it knocked over on something, or there was glass, and, you know, it it fell. It Out of thin air. Did someone... I want to know if someone saw that. Like, did, did someone... Was somebody, like, sitting in, like, the conservatory or whatever they have in a rectory, and they were just staring off into space, and then there was, like, a puff of smoke, and a tumbler came falling out of midair... Or, or whether like it just rained. Like, material. <laughs> yeah, like, what are they talking about? I think she threw a glass, it broke, and then her husband came running in and was like, what the heck was that? Because he's a, he's a rector. And then she goes, oh, it, uh, it came out of midair. <laughs> Tumblr materialized. Goes, Damn, that's just like the ones we have in the kitchen. <laughs> in 1932, visitor G. Lestrange, brutal name. Way cool. Saw a figure standing by the porch. Seconds later, it vanished, and later on, he heard footsteps pass by the sofa, then fade through the wall behind him. So he heard footsteps. Yeah. Fade through the wall. You know. Was it not just someone upstairs? You know, I didn't even catch that. Writing it down, reading it—that's so goofy. Uh, I think that in a lot of these stories, when they're talking about people's accounts of the paranormal. The word figure gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. Where they'll go, oh, they saw a figure. Because figure sounds mysterious. Yeah. Instead of just saying, instead of just saying, they saw a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's this sort of subtle, you know, creating a story. They yeah. saw a figure and it vanished. Vanished is a very loaded term. Like, does it mean that they disappeared in a puff of smoke? Or does it mean that they faded away? Or was it like you looked away for a second and then they were gone? Yeah. Because all of those things could be described as vanishing, but they all have one thing about them uh, that's different. And one is it could happen, and the other thing could not happen. So. This also gives some credence about um, the Connect story that we talked about last week, mm-hmm. where they teleport. Yeah. So ghosts teleport. We cracked another case. <laughs> no, no, I think in the last episode we cracked that that isn't what happens. Shh. You were there. You remember. (laughs) (laughs) Lestrange actually reminds me of this one time that I ate at a haunted French restaurant. Place gave me the crepes. (laughs) 
Come on! <laughs> <laughs> no, because if I laugh at crepes, then I'm encouraging this, and I don't want to. <laughs> the foisters lasted until 1935, leaving only because of Lionel's increasing severe arthritis. By this time, the church had enough of this shit. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, oh, crepe. Oh, crepe. <laughs> Two parishes merged, and the building was put up for sale. Before a buyer could be found, Harry Price was able to rent it. In the Times of May 25th, 1937, an unusual advertisement began. It said, Haunted House, responsible persons of leisure and intelligence, intrepid, critical, and unbiased, are invited to join a rota of observers in a year's day and night investigations of alleged haunted house. I love those sort of old-timey ads. Yeah. They have such a great sound to them. It reminds me of uh, House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's up, the ad for everybody? So what did they end up doing? Well, after weeding out thrill-seekers and people doing it as a prank, Price enrolled reliable observers, including engineers, doctors, undergraduates, and military men. Hmm. Yeah. Rapping, crashing bells, rapping, crashes, bells ringing, and objects moving were recorded with the report of Mark Kerr Pierce, a Geneva diplomat, running... <laughs> Wait, what? Like... What, they got, like, a diplomat there for this thing? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And he wrote like 10,000 words about it. Well, so he wrote like a little essay yeah. about the bells. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Thanks to Price's efforts, the Borley became not one of just the most haunted houses ever, but maybe the best documented. I have heard that. That it's very, very heavily documented. Which you would think that with all that heavy documentation that there would be some... Documents? Well, no, there there is documents, but mm-hmm. there would be more tangible evidence. Yeah. Like I was saying before about the people seeing the headless coachman. Like, something like that, if people were seeing it a lot, mm-hmm. that would be a phenomenon that could be predicted, tested, and verified. Yeah. You could say, oh, well, they see it every, you know, three weeks. Mm-hmm. After sunset, they'll see it out on the, the meadow. Like, And if you could predict, okay, well, it's going to be out there again in two weeks because they saw it a week ago. And shows up, you can go, oh, well, there we go. That proves it. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem like that happened any time during the documentation process. Yeah. In 1938, Borley was bought by Captain W.H. Gregson. And at midnight, February 27, 1939, it caught fire. Gregson only bought it for 500 pounds and assured it for 10,000. And years later, his son Anthony called his ass out. And said that the captain had started the fire himself. No shit! His son's a narc. Dude, they're like, how did the insurance company not be like, oh yeah, $10,000? Yeah, of course we'll insure it. How much did you say you paid for it? Oh, and it burned to the ground? Like, how did they not do a investigation? <laughs> yeah. Shit, you couldn't get away with that today. Yeah. Oh, man. With the rectory now just a shell, the haunting continued. A chauffeur said that he heard an invisible phantom coach hurling by him, and Charles Brown... Charlie Brown <laughs> and his friends one night saw a girl in white looking through the burned out window of the blue room upstairs. She was standing on empty air. Oh my. So as the story goes, it just new ghosts keep getting added to yeah. the roster. Also, a chauffeur? What the hell was a chauffeur doing it like the burned out rectory ruins? And how do you hear a coach hurling past you? No, well, remember, if you can hear it, you can't oh, see it. Oh yeah. Because that's how things work. That's that's how frogs work. Have you ever seen a frog and then heard it? Nope. You only hear frogs when you can't see them. Everybody knows that. It actually goes for crickets, too. (laughs) 
I actually think the KFC near our house is haunted. They think it's a poultry geist. <laughs> Army officers who tried to use the site during the war had stones thrown at them, and they found the general atmosphere so negative that they didn't stay. Use it for what? Also, like, these some pussy army officers. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they threw rocks at us. I guess You're it's hard in the to, army. <laughs> I guess it's hard to, to army away your enemy if you can't see them, I assume. I guess. I wasn't in the army at that church, so I have no idea exactly <laughs> how that goes down. That castle. Also, can you imagine that? Like, when they're like, well, we have to shift positions. Why? Real negative vibes here. We didn't want to <laughs> hang out. That's crazy. Wow, that's very 2020 of them. <laughs> I don't like the vibes. Feng Shui is all wrong. <laughs> I mean, the, I think it's the chauffeur when he said he heard the carriage. Like, I don't believe that at all. Because that's a part of the history of that place. Yeah. It's like people going to the Winchester house and everything they experience is Sarah Winchester. Yeah. It's just silly. If it's got a famous history that informs people's opinions about the place, it's it's a it's like the ultimate form of priming. Where it's like, not only are you ready for something haunted to happen, you're expecting a particular ghost to show up. Is, is it confirmation bias? No. <laughs> I mean, it is, but I'm not saying it. <laughs> And the same thing goes with the, the woman in white. The woman in white is a classic Western world ghost. So for them to go, oh, we saw a woman in white in one of the windows, but she was standing on open air. It's like, how the hell do you know that? Yeah. Like, it really, it could have, you know what? Honestly, with all the stupid shit that's happened at this church, I would totally believe, or this rectory, I would totally believe that there was just a person in a white dress hanging out in there. I, okay, I have a question. She's standing on air. Does she have the ability to fly? Or is she like an old-timey person who like is standing on stairs or something? Like, as a ghost, what are her abilities? I think it's that you can stand on open air, but you have to walk on sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just like, in her ghostly mind, is she standing on a floor? Probably. I mean, that's because there's that whole idea of imprinting. Yeah. Where the theory that some ghosts are not actually sentient, that it's like a... It's like, like a recording. A, a reco- yeah, there you go. Like a recording of a past event, something traumatic or something tied to their memory. Mm-hmm. So the ghost wouldn't be standing on the floor as though it were there. It's like it's a recording that's happening regardless of the state of the building. Yeah. I mean, that's not what's happening. <laughs> but I think that if there had to be a paranormal explanation, that yeah. would probably be the one that we would go with. I like that they decided to fly. And they're like, oh man, watch this. <laughs> we're going to scare some army men. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you could fly, why would you hang out at one location? Yeah. Like, I don't know how many people have that dream of like, oh, I wish I could fly. So if you died and then you got the ability to fly, I would not hang out in my house. Like, Maybe they're just really bored at this point. I just wanted to mess with people. They're like, you know, I know this haunted house down the road. I'm going to go mess with people. They're probably bored because they're dead. They can fly and they can't leave their house. Because oh, no. if they leave their house, then they go to Saturn. And there's all the sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, speaking of recordings, do you know what the first thing you should do if your browser becomes haunted? Oh, flexing. <laughs> <laughs> Clear all spookies. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, that's, you just made, that's not a pun. You just made that, but cookie, I'm with you now. I'm with you. Anyway, from 1947 to 1950, Jal- Jalice. <laughs> <laughs> from 1947 to 1950, James and Alice Turner occupied the surviving cottage. On hot summer days... That would they- be their Bradgelina name, Jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reading's hard. On hot summer days, they would hear the voices and laughter of children from the orchard, and on one occasion, the sound of heavy footsteps, as though someone was walking on bare boards. Question. Why only on hot summer days? Since when were there children? 
Also, how do they know there wasn't? Because it doesn't really sound at first glance like they're talking about ghosts. Is like, on hot summer days, they heard the sound of children out in the yard. Perhaps there was children in the area. Yeah, like, they're not saying it's a ghost, they're just saying that's what they heard. It's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I heard a fan. It's like, were you in a room with a fan? Yeah, but that's not the point. (laughs) Like, well, they sound, they heard footsteps. It's like, well, it's a big place. Like, was someone else in the room? Yeah. I mean, that one's a little weird. I don't really like that because no one, they're not really saying it's paranormal. And they're just like, yeah, I heard a sound. It sounded kind of weird, but I mean, not really. (laughs) (laughs) So during a 1961 investigation, battery torches and car headlamps all failed without obvious cause. Let that marinate. (laughs) (laughs) So batteries drained and died. Oh shit, it was the Jersey Devil. (laughs) <laughs> they go without obvious cause and it's like what happens when a flashlight battery dies normally is it like oh the flashlight battery died well that makes sense because jason Voorhees is outside the cabin that's why they've stopped working because he's there and it's dramatic like is that what they think like in there has to be some triggering event to cause mm-hmm. the batteries to die batteries just die and sometimes flashlights just suck like one time me and my friend were gonna go just hang out in woods at night because that's what people do and um the flashlight just kept flickering yeah and we're like oh well screw that but like it wasn't like oh there's a ghost it was just like oh this flashlight sucks let's not go into the woods at night (laughs) that's a common one with paranormal investigation they use that as evidence where they say, well, all the batteries in our cameras suddenly died and they were fully charged. And it's like, right, but you have no evidence of that. Yeah. You're just saying that that happened. And the same thing here. They're like, well, the flashlights just died. And it's like, I bet that's a very inconvenient coincidence because you're investigating a spooky place. You're probably a little, you know, you're a little hyped up. Yeah. And your flashlight dies. One, that's spooky. And two, it's dark now. Like, scary. Yeah. Doesn't mean it was a ghost. It means your flashlight died. <laughs> And these are older, you know, crappy flashlights. But you see it all the time. All the batteries died. Well, why are the ghosts doing that? Yeah, what is the point? Like, well, they're trying to manifest the drawing energy. But what'd they do before batteries? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Was it just cavemen were hanging out around the fire? And they heard a funny noise and then the fire got kind of dim. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> oh no, the ghost is drawing energy from our fire. Like, You don't hear about ghosts in cavemen stories. <laughs> I don't think they recorded that kind of thing. They drew pictures of animals. You'd think they would have drawn a picture of a spooky lady. Probably because ghosts aren't real. Holy shit. (laughs) Got me. (laughs) As recently as the year 2000, Colin Wilson spoke to a television crew which had recorded hollow footsteps, the creaking of a door that no longer exists, and a deep sigh that impressed everyone who heard it as... As way, 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 way. (laughs) Heard it as profoundly unhappy. (laughs) What? That has got to be the lamest evidence of paranormal I've ever heard. Is <sighs> Marvin the paranoid android? <sighs> also, they heard a door creaking that no longer existed. Then it wasn't that door, obviously. <laughs> it was a different door. What do they mean it didn't exist anymore? Was it like just an open doorway where there's no... You know what I mean? Like how yeah. our kitchen doesn't have a door on it? Yeah. And they heard a creak? And they were like, holy crap, how is the creak coming from the door? The door's not even there. It's like, well, then maybe it's not a door. That's so silly. Maybe there's some wind or something. A sigh that impressed people. Oh my goodness. That was profoundly unhappy. Profoundly unhappy. Not a little unhappy. It was profound. That is, without a doubt, some of the lamest paranormal evidence I've ever encountered. That actually reminds me of one time that um, I had this really bad experience 
when I went to a comedy night at a haunted mansion. <laughs> I got booed off stage. <laughs> Were you telling these jokes? <laughs> <sighs> Bitch, I might now. <laughs> so, do you think the Borley Rectory was really haunted? No, obviously not. Definitely not. I think it's a combination of uh, folklore and sort of, not like, not group hysteria, but like, it's, you know, it's a famously haunted location. Everyone that goes there is expecting to see ghosts. Most of the people in the area probably knew the stories about the place, knew what people had claimed to have seen, and they were just replicating that experience for themselves. Yeah. But I mean, it, all the paranormal stuff that they talk about that happened here, it's all anecdotal evidence yeah it's all well i heard this i heard that or i saw this but there's no rarely did they have witnesses and the one witness the one story where there were two people experiencing the same thing they were both probably drunk coming back from a party yeah so not exactly a good witness and one person who experienced the most stuff personally was also described as an unreliable source yeah like it's just i mean I'd be really interested to do more research and mm -hmm. to learn about the documentation of this place because yeah. it is very heavily documented. But, I mean, the stuff that I've heard so far... And this is... I mean, I didn't really know a whole lot about the Borley Rectory before we did this episode. Um, but what I did know about it, it didn't sound that haunted. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is just some shit, you know. It's just one of those situations where they say, oh, it's very, very haunted. And what they mean is, like, we saw a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, our house is being haunted by... I think our house is being haunted by Nintendo characters. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have fooled around with that Luigi board. <laughs> I wish that for like, you know what? I would like. I wish people could somehow understand. Like, you'll start a joke, and I have to suppress a groan so that it doesn't get on the audio. <laughs> I'm just internally like, <laughs> That's, I mean, come on. Yeah, but definitely not haunted. Uh, I think it's a really interesting place that has a really interesting history. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, it, it sounds, I mean, the place was around for a long time and then it got burnt as part of like an insurance scam. Yeah. And it has a long history of being haunted, even though it's not haunted, that that idea of having a place like that in your community mm -hmm. that is, you know, it's supposed to be this sort of center for, you know, the rector lives there and he, you know, works at the church. and But people believe that if you are there at a certain time, you'll see spectral nuns and you'll see this headless coachman. And like, that's a really cool thing because that kind of crap, like mm -hmm. it imprints on the community around it. And it enriches the culture of the community around it. So I think it's really cool. And I, I want to learn more about the Borley Rectory. But uh, no, nothing that we've heard tonight <laughs> sounds even remotely paranormal. Yeah. I mean, it sounds paranormal in a storyteller kind of way. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So we have a promo. <laughs> this promo is going to be... Actually, it's a promo and a shout out. Um, I want to say thank you to Kev over at We Need to Talk About Ghosts, who played our promo. And he's got a wonderful talent for telling stories. And I know he's reading the stories most of the time, but he just, he brings the stories to life. He has this incredible personality that makes him very listenable, if that's a word. Played our promo, could not be more grateful 
he does not need we're gonna play his promo here in a sec he doesn't need us to play he his definitely promo. definitely doesn't need us um kev is not only one of the nicest people in the world and incredibly talented he has a book out for his podcast that we need to talk about ghosts that has a lot of the stories that he's read that he reads beautifully by the way he also puts out music yes yes it's wonderful uh you can find him on spotify and apple uh oh i have said apple podcast i'm so used to say <laughs> that you can find him on spotify and itunes under kevin john eustace he just even put a- his name is awesome i know i know that's not fair he can read and his name is awesome i can't read it. my name's lacy <laughs> but he put on an album called a lightless body that is just superb it's i highly recommend it to anyone who has ears (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna go ahead and play his promo real quick and then we'll be right back if you like hearing listener submitted true ghost stories having a bit of a laugh hopefully if you find a british sense of humor funny that is then subscribe to the we need to talk about ghosts podcast Recorded live each week from the birthplace of the Beatles, Liverpool, UK. With me, Kevin Eustace, direct from my genuinely haunted apartment. Definitely not haunted. Oh yeah, I'm also occasionally joined by my sceptical partner, Becca. Hello. Which usually results in sometimes funny, sometimes heated paranormal arguments. So search for We Need to Talk About Ghosts, wherever you get your podcasts. And we look forward to joining you in our haunted apartment. Not haunted. Still not haunted. See, this is what I've got to put up with. Oh, God. Oh, man. I love his promo. And I love British humor. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's Kev over at We Need to Talk About Ghosts. Please check it out. It's really, really good. If you like this episode, you can follow us on Twitter at Harley Paranormy with a Y, on Instagram at Harley Paranormal, and you can like and join our Facebook group Hardly Paranormal. And you can subscribe and like and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. The reviews really help us out. We really appreciate them because it helps more awesome people like you find shows like this one and others. (laughs) And again, it validates what we do at 10 o'clock at night when the kids are sleeping. Uh, My life has basically no meaning outside of this podcast. Yeah, legit. And if you have any questions or comments or you want to send us suggestions for future episodes or reviews, you can email us at hardlyparanormal at gmail.com. I've been Jerry. I've been Lacey. And remember, it's probably just the wind. Did you hear about the haunted health store? I'm going to stop recording right now. Everything is supernatural. (laughs) 